The Ball Radio Football Show. It's COVID chaos. We ended last night's show with the news that coronavirus had taken care of last night's League Cup tie between Dundee and Forfar. And we start tonight with the news, you'll have heard it already, that the C-word has invaded the Scotland camp as well. Armstrong has tested positive. Christian Tierney are self-isolating. Three other players are out injured. Uh, that match, 24 hours away. The selection process for Stevie Clark uh, is getting maybe more straightforward, um, but that's uh, really grim news from the Scotland Cup. Four League Cup ties uh, to be played tonight. In fact, there are more than four, Ali, aren't there? Yes, multiple. You've got Hibs against Brora, Brecon City, Dundee United, Kelty Hearts, St Johnston. See a wee smile on my face because that's Barry's team. Montrose against Ross County, St Mirren, Partick Thistle and Airdrieonians against Aloe Athletic. All 7.45 kickoffs tonight. Rob McLean, Ali Defoy, and Darren Jackson, the former Celtic and Scotland striker. That's uh, shorthand because um, if I listed all his clubs, um, we'd probably be into the seven o'clock news, to be perfectly honest. Two hours of football chat coming your way. And uh, you can get involved. And Ali, we prefer it if you do. Absolutely. Give us a call 0808 17 17 700. Drop us a text 87474. Put go at the start or do the cool thing and do the socials if you fancy at Go Football Show. We're across all of them. So, 24 hours away from Scotland against Israel in the playoff semi-finals. We are two games away. Let's hope there are two games uh, between the national side and an appearance at a major finals. 22 years, hopefully not counting too much further. Um, I'll be working with uh, this man tomorrow night. Not directly. I'll be doing the commentary. And uh, he will be in the BBC studio, won't you, Chris Sebalumo? Chris... How are we doing? How are we doing all? Y'all good? Yeah, yeah very good. good. Thank you. Very good. What are you making of uh, today's news, Chris? Yeah, it's, it's disappointing. It just shows you how, how serious uh, the climate that we're in. You know, obviously these these players. You know, the the it's it's, it's rife uh, down in the in the Premier League as well. There's been a few cases uh, down south, and it's yeah, it's disappointing for Steve Clark. You know, I think it's something that I'm I'm very optimistic. You, you look at the quality and depth that we have. Uh, but he, he, he's tried a kind of new system, a new formation, and obviously I think Kieran Tierney would have been a, a massive part of that tomorrow evening. But like you say, uh, I know Liam Palmer's probably struggling uh, a little bit with with injury as well, so that is going to be a, a bit of a blow. He might have to tweak a few things. But again, with the quality that we have, uh, I am I'm, I'm quietly confident from what I've seen uh, in the last two games. Um, I'm, I'm quite confident about tomorrow evening. Unfortunately, Darren Jackson, we're getting to the stage already uh, where we're maybe not that surprised. It's, it's becoming now a little bit repetitive, isn't it? The, the chaos that's being caused by COVID. Yes, it's, I mean, it's incredible, um, Robin. Probably people think that foot, footballers can't be immune to it, but they've got to live life like everybody else and go and get the shopping like every, everybody else. So they've, they've got a chance of catching it. And it's just, it's just disappointing that with the Scotland squad when you're away that maybe one catches it but when you've got three very I think very important players um, it's a huge blow for Steve Clark and I'm sure <laughs> the team that he had hey, written down has been ripped up putting, obviously putting the, the bucket and just start, start again but again as Chris says they have got a depth of a good squad Um when you look at it, there could be someone, there could be a couple of players maybe called in for the for the two games. But um, I'm I'm the same as Chris. I'm I'm very confident that they can still get a result with the quality they've got. That's despite Chris. Uh, I think it's fair to say results last month and those two internationals, the results being much more impressive than the performances. 
it was all out of results, the business that, that, that we're in. You know, what I have to say, I think if you said to, to Steve Clark and, and the group, you know, that would be on four points after the, after the two games, I think they would have been very happy with that before. You know, obviously, uh, getting that, having that lead against Israel, I think it's a, a mental thing for a, a group of players that you actually go out there and maybe you're on your back foot a little bit and you don't do what you were doing in that first half. You allowed Israel to have far too much time and space to dictate the game in the second half. And, and like you say, they've, they've got quality, they've got players there that, that can hurt you if you, if you give them that, uh, that time. So hopefully we've learned from that. I've got to say I was very impressed with the, with the character shown uh, against the Czech Republic. OK, it's, it's the second team, but the Czech Republic first team is, uh, is, is probably streets ahead of us. So the yeah. second team, you know it's going to be quality there. But to, to, to concede a goal, and I've got to say, Rob, we never, we never even got into their attacking third in the first 14 minutes of that game. I was actually uh, commentating on that one. Yeah. And that was, that, but the reaction after the goal, wow. We completely dominated the game. Okay, they had chances. It's part and parcel of football. But the way that we grew into that match, the service that Lyndon Dykes got, the quality that he showed as an outlet, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was all round. Steve Clark would have came away from that performance and thought, you know what, we we we've learned, we're, we're improving, we're we're growing as a group, and we'll take that into the into the following games. So it's Stuart Armstrong who's tested positive. Uh, yeah. Kieran Tierney and Ryan Christie are both self-isolating uh, because of the, the close contact with them. Uh, on top of that, uh, Stevie Clark has uh, confirmed today that Liam Palmer of Sheffield Wednesday is out injured. Scott McKenna, I think we suspected that because he didn't play for Forest at the weekend. Uh, and Ollie Burke of Sheffield United, he's out of the equation as well. I suppose when you think about those six, um, I mean, there's a chance all of them might have played, but I think uh, T- Kieran Tierney was probably a certainty. Scott McKenna was probably a certainty to be in the defence as well. Ryan Christie or Armstrong, maybe they had a chance of, of playing as well. So, so it, it does require... Uh, Chris, for, for Stevie Clark, a, a pretty qu- quick rethink, doesn't it? Well, like you say, you know, I think I, I, obviously me and Darren have already touched on it, the quality that they have. You know, I think you're spot on. You know, you're looking at McKenna, obviously uh, Tierney and, and Christie, they're probably definite starters from, from the way that they've performed, the quality that they've got. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> it's something that it's, it's, you don't know what's around the corner from you in football. Steve Clark, obviously, uh, he would have prepared. He knows that the players have come into the group. They would have had uh, a good couple of days training. Uh, they'd be well aware of this. The players will know whoever's going to be coming in. Uh, because you know what? The manager, he, you know, Darren's been there. You know, he's been there, coach. He's been there, managing. He knows exactly. You don't give your team on the first couple of days of training. You leave the players thinking because the competition's that great. So with these, with these injuries, with these, obviously, the, the, the COVID positive testing, then, then the players that, that are in competition know that, right, it's my opportunity now. And it's down to them. The players have to take responsibility of that and go out there and, and deliver for, for the country. Because like you say, 23, 23 years is, is far too long uh, for, for us not being in, into a major. So I'm, I'm ho- hoping that you can take confidence, come together, like, like, like the Czech Republic did, you know, the, the way that they performed, the second group came in. It is, it's, it's disappointing, but it's part and parcel. We have, in the climate that we're in, I'm sure that uh, Steve Clark is. Uh, you, you have to just accept it and play the the, the the hand that you've been dealt, really. And I'm sure that the group of players will do exactly that as well. Yeah, you do hope, don't you, Darren, that 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 players here are going to grab that big opportunity that they maybe didn't think they were going to get uh, the the chance to claim a Scotland shirt and maybe hold on to it. Without doubt, Rob. Yeah, I was lucky enough, and not going back to myself, myself I was lucky enough 
and then no for Gary McAllister we got injured at the World Cup I would never have played um, so you take your opportunity and um, boys will be looking now and saying well he's not playing and he's injured and so I might have a chance of playing now um, so everyone will be ready for it I mean I think preparation will be spot on um, they'll have they'll have all the, the what Israel do down to a tee they, they know them because they've, they've played them not that long ago um, they'll understand I think which is a good thing Pro- probably they'll be looking at it as a good thing as well um, they'll be looking at our strength Robertson's a massive strength um, but he gets that every week people try and stop Andy Robertson every week and they can't so hopefully for Scotland he can he can, he can do the exact same but um, as I say there's probably there'll be changes but I don't think it's going to weaken the team enormously Do you oh. think it'll change the preparation of of the other side? To be able to think, well, we don't actually know who they're going to play. They might have thought who was going to be in our squad, but now with that news, they might not be able to pinpoint who's where. Well, I know we couldn't anyway, but it might give them a bit more trouble. Yeah, well, I mean, there there is that, isn't there? Yeah. Chris? Yeah, Ali, it's it's, it's one of those things, yeah. You know, uh, Israel will will prepare. They'll know the strengths. They'll know the quality that we have. Uh, and uh, they'll be ready, but it'll be all about them, what they do, the levels that they can reach, and that's what Steve Clark's like, you know, the way that he speaks, you know, he speaks with authority, he's got that confidence, but he, he sticks to his guns, you know, and it's and, and I feel if we're at it, and like you say, what Darren just said there, you know, you have to be professional, the players coming in, it's a great honour to be there, you know, but, and, but they have to take that opportunity. If it was one of them, they're not coming in as a bit part player, they want to, they want to have that shot. Uh, and, the, and and to be fair, through this obviously this uh, this situation, uh, probably a couple of players are going to get starts that maybe they thought they never they weren't going to get. But trust me, they know the head's going to be focused on the job. They'll they get the head down, good sleep tonight. They'll already know all the all the information They'll, through the analysis of, of of Israel. We know what their, their their strengths are, but it's about us. If we can reach the levels, I know that we can. And we've got a lot of players coming into this group are players that will be high in confidence with the, the performances of the club as well. So if they can bring that confidence, that club confidence in, the way that they can play and the, obviously the results and the goals that have been scoring, then you know what? It is, uh, and it's one of them, I'm, I'm forever the optimist, you know, and, and, I, and I just, I honestly... You've got to be as a Scotland that. supporter, you've got to be an optimist. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, very, very true, very true. But I'm, I'm looking at the, the, the squad and there is depth there. There's depth and uh, quality and depth and abundance there. So I'm just hoping that the players take responsibility. We know exactly, Varian touched on, we played, they know us very well, we know them very well, uh, and it's, it's going to be a tactical affair, but if our players reach the levels, I don't think they'll be able to deal with this tomorrow evening. Are we talking Dykes and McBurney up front, do you think, Chris? You know what, it'd be an interesting one, it'd be an interesting one because I think uh, the shots, uh, the shot is Lyndon Dykes to, to, to lose. I think uh, the last, uh, the game against the Czech Republic, I thought he was outstanding. I thought his link-up play, his, his awareness, his touch was great. And obviously, he's, he's got his goal. He's opened his account. I think Ollie McBurnley's uh, not, not scored yet. What's that in 12? But you know what? I, I'm a big fan of Ollie McBurnley. He gets a lot of criticism and we understand we understand why. But he knows that. He can take it. He can take it. So it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I think uh, I think it will be one or the other, in my opinion. You know, I, I think maybe the, with the Ryan Christie kind of, uh, uh, obviously, the uh, testing positive, then it might make Steve Clark thinking about changing his formation if it's going to be that four-two-three-one uh, or. Uh, but both of them can do that role, you know. It's I think both. It's, it's, it, I think it'd be very difficult to play both, you know. I think uh, mobility-wise, you, you've got that outlet, that that presence. 
but I just think it's got to be one or the other and I think it'll be Lyndon Dykes tomorrow and then you've got good quality players that can get up and support uh, and because like you say his link up playing and, and, and his movement and all that is, is very good so for, in my opinion it'll be one or the other not both what do you think, Darren? Because you were making the point that McBurney does play in a two, doesn't he? When he yeah. plays for Sheffield United, he plays in a two. Yeah, I, um, I'm actually I'm going with McBurney. Um, Dykes has been incredible. A, a scout for Blackburn, uh, Blackpool, sorry, and um, he's way beyond. He was way beyond Blackpool, but I've always liked him. Um, when he first got mentioned for the squad, I, it was actually my son said about, and I was like, Lyndon Dykes for Scotland, and I actually went to watch Livingston, and I was I was actually blown away with him. He's, he's not just a big boy who stands up there and headers things on. He's mobile. He's quick. He understands the game. He understands where he, people are running off him. Where to put the ball for um, like, like, like a, yeah. a McBurney. And, and I just think if he plays, he could ch- change the system now because of the injuries. Mm-hmm. But if he does play a 3-5-2, McBurney plays in a, a two every week. The, Chris will understand this. That... What do, you, what do you think I want? No, no, no. I don't. Know. I, I was just <laughs> meaning. Right, I was no, no. I was just meaning Chris being a striker. That everyone plays in ones now. So see, playing a partnership, it's very hard to get the understanding and the communication and understanding where they're going on the pitch and all that. But McBurney does that now. Dykes will just stay as the middle one. He'll not be going running out wide or anything. He'll be staying as a middle one. So if you've got a McBurney playing alongside him and getting the, the knockdowns, and then you've maybe got a McGinn and McGregor coming onto the game as well, which Christie probably would have done that. Um, I think that's where we can cause them real problems because we're without a doubt a threat. And as I said, he doesn't just see see when the ball's played up. See if Dykes isn't going to win it. The centre half's not going to have an, an easy job of winning it because he's so strong and he puts them under under pressure. But most of the time he does win it and he puts it into great areas for people coming onto the game. Chris, I want to ask you about the other end of the team, if you don't mind. What about um, is Scott McTominay going to be in a Scotland back three again? Because I mean, I think it's fair to say that didn't really go well in the last two games. Yeah, well, I'd imagine so. You know, he's, he's obviously uh, Steve Clark. He's, he's persistent with it. It wouldn't surprise me, but you know what? He's he has he's, he's got that uh, he's got the attributes that he can go. He's, he's a good footballer. He can play out. He got caught out positioning wise on a couple of a couple of occasions. You know, uh, so it's one of them. I, I think he's playing him in that position so that he, he's comfortable there. But I think Scott McTominay expressed his uh, frustration as well because he likes to go box to box, doesn't he? He's got that energy and it, it doesn't really allow him to do that. But like, like you say, I, I believe that he will. You know, I think he's, he's been dropping hints, hasn't he, Steve Clark, that it's, it is going to possibly be, be a three at the back. And, and it's something that, that like you say, it's, it's got his four points out the last two. So... As, on a result kind of point of view, then then, then it's doing its job. But just on the back of of, of what Darren said about if, if it is going to be uh, McBurney and uh, Dykes up top, you think about with the quality that we've got in wide areas as well. If we give them the right service, we can cause them all sorts of problems. You know, with the with obviously the attributes, that physicality. You know, that the kind of you know it's quite 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 aggressive, really, isn't it? The big big two big lumps. But they've got the quality, you know. They've got the nice touches that they can. They both got the, the awareness and movement. But if we give them the right service, oh, I tell you what, it, it, it is. It will cause all sorts of problems for Israel. Chris, I love your passion for the Scotland team. Um, I know we promise you only a wee five ten minutes because you've got a special journey to do tonight. But tell us a bit about what you're doing, your interview tomorrow, and what's happening this month with with you. Oh well, uh, thanks, Ali. Uh, to be fair, it's, it was one of those things. I think it was under the radar that I went back to university and done a journalism degree. Uh, so obviously, 
Was no, that something not... to do with me helping you telling you to do that a few years ago? <laughs> you, did, you did drop that in. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so I think the BBC, once they, they knew that I'd done that, uh, it was uh, they, they gave me a, a fantastic opportunity, isn't it? And I'm very privileged that uh, for Black History Month that I'm going out and I'm, I'm interviewing uh, uh, black Scottish uh, sporting icons. So obviously we've done Ife, uh, Ife Omar Dieke. We've also done uh, we've also done uh, Joe Ansbro the other day. I'm doing Kieran Achara tomorrow. So they're all it's basically about celebrating their achievements, and that's something that I'm allowed to kind of tell my story as well. Because like you say, I was I was the only the black family from from the village. I, I'm, my, my father's Nigerian, my mum's Scottish. Uh, I was from a, a small village in Ayrshire. I was the only black family at school, so it's something that I experienced a lot. And I, Racial, racial, got racially abused most days at school, but I normalised it, and it's only now that probably I've, I've, I've got children that that I've kind of I've taken that stand to kind of obviously I'm a, an ambassador for show racing the red card, and I'm I'm trying to tell my story uh, about not being defined by the colour of your skin, but I want to celebrate the achievements of these fantastic uh, 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 people. So and it's and the BBC are allowing me to go out and basically head up that uh, that series of interviews. So it's a fantastic honour. You know, and it's it's something that I'm 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 really enjoying. So yeah, I've got that journey up north, Ali, haven't I? So it's what four hours in the car, and then uh, I'll get the head down because we start early tomorrow, and then obviously I'm into the the BBC studios for the for the for the game and, and the highlight show. So it's going to be a, a busy a busy couple of days, but I'm loving it. Well, we super appreciate you taking the time to join us tonight because I know obviously you've got plenty going on with the Scotland game happening this weekend uh, and obviously doing all your interviews. Uh, I know you've got Alex Dyer coming up as well. So how do we get to watch that? Is it just going to be on the BBC on the iPlayer or something? Yeah, well, it's uh, it's going out as a podcast. So Brilliant. the podcast is called uh, Chris Iwellamo Meets. Uh, so that's that's excellent. Uh, it's something obviously uh, that the, the BBC have thought uh, long and hard about and uh, I'm, I'm, like I say it's a fantastic honour so uh, I believe that there the will be uh, clips going out of the it's like probably 45 minutes to an hour uh, but then we're trying to kind of narrow it down to about 35 minute podcasts as well but then there'll be blogs going out Wowza. Uh, about the so the, the, the uh one's already been released the podcast is going to be getting released in the next couple of days uh, from from her and then basically they're going to try and do two a week from now till the end of the month and then you never know where that takes Hopefully it's something that uh, that people like seeing and hearing and uh, and, and it's uh, it's got some legs in it, yeah. Chris, good to talk to you and uh, all the best all for the best. tomorrow night. I hope you're a happy right. man in the studio tomorrow night. <laughs> Thank you good, very much. Good luck, Chris. Bye-bye. Thank you. Cheers, Chris. Have a safe journey. Thanks for coming on the show. And after the break, we're going to be hearing from a man who, like Darren, has qualified for a major finals. Kevin Gallagher on the way. The Bull Radio Football Show. The Go Radio football show between now and 7 o'clock. Already we've heard from Chris Erolumo about that big match tomorrow night, 24 hours away from Scotland against Israel. No one said it was going to be plain sailing. It never is uh, with the national team. And COVID has certainly struck a blow today with the news that uh, Stuart Armstrong has tested positive. Uh, Tierney and Christie uh, ruled out as well, self-isolating injuries to Palmer, McKenna and Burke. So that squad has been thin considerably ahead of the big game let's talk next to a man who knows all about qualifying for major events the former uh, Dundee United Coventry Blackburn Newcastle and he won 53 caps for Scotland he scored nine goals Kevin Gallagher hi Kev hi Rob how's things good yeah how are you I'm very well thank you very well 
How do you how are you reacting to that news today? The that uh, has uh, maybe decimated would be going too strong, but certainly six players out of that squad for tomorrow. It's just one of those things. Just when you think things are looking rosy for us again, uh, this goes and happens. I just wonder if the boys were partying with the boys for England. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, no, no. <laughs> don't tell Nicola Sturgeon that. <laughs> <laughs> no, so no, it's, it's just disappointing, isn't it? Uh, you know, three key players uh, for the last couple of games as well, um, and for this to sort of happen, it's it's just a bit of a setback for for Steve Clark, and hopefully, you know, it's for the players that come in and replace them. Hopefully they can perform and uh, we can get a result. So, and I know you and Darren Jackson here are not ones to gloat, but of course uh, you know exactly what it uh, feels like to to qualify for a major finals. Having done it, what three times in your case? Yeah, three times. Yeah, could have been four if I wanted to kind of half include the the World Cup ninety that I didn't quite make. But you no, know, <laughs> ah, you uh, have no, you no. have included it if you want. Yeah, I got three and a half. No, so. <laughs> Getting left out, that's what was disappointing. But no, to Euro 92, uh, 96 uh, in the World Cup, that was fantastic. You know, and Dan will tell you, you know, qualifying for a major competition is, is massive. And I remember, I mean, going for the 98 World Cup and, and people were calling us dad's army because we're all over 30. And, you know, you're not going to do anything and, and things. And we qualify for the World Cup. And they just go to show people back then that the age didn't matter. You know, you, you're ready and we were experienced side, but we played to strengths. You know, I mean, we didn't go out and claim that we had the best players in the world, but we had guys that worked as a team together uh, with a system that, that kind of was very defensive-minded, uh, but it worked for us, for the players that we had, and we got the results from it. It's funny, it got criticised, didn't it, at the time? There was so much criticism about the style of play. Craig Brown got it in the neck. Uh, we would happily have him back at the moment <laughs> if he could deliver the same again because uh, we, we, it became a habit, a happy habit back in those days of qualifying for major finals. It did. You know, I mean, that was the thing. You know, It wasn't so good for people like myself, Darren, Gordon, Jury and any of the other strikers that got involved. It was a very difficult job that we had to, to, to score the goals and when you're only getting a, a minimum of a couple, maybe a couple of chances a game, and to take those chances, you had to do it, and and that was the hardest thing we did. The way that we looked at it, I mean, Craig always said, "Look, we're strong central defence, we're strong centre mid, so we're going to play to strengths." And we kind of scratch our head as strikers, and I don't tell you, you know, we're thinking, "What the hell am I here? Like, is, 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 do we not get included in that?" But that was just the way it was, and and we're actually we knew with good strengths in those areas, and. We played to it and, and we just enjoyed it and we tried as hard as we could up front and we were fortunate that we got the goals. Kev, okay, I think you'll agree that, and they do have good players now, but we had great players. We had top, top players that we we played with and it's hard just to pick out a few, but the McAllisters, the McCoys, McStays, Collins, Boyd, Henry. The majority L- of the late, mix. Leighton, Gorham. Do you know what I mean? Kevin, Dukey. Do you know what I mean? Oh, no, it was, we had top, we had top, top players then, and and as I said, to go to the top, you need to really work, and that team did work really hard. I think we, Kevin, I think we conceded three goals in the qualifying, the qualifiers for the World Cup. For the yeah. World Cup, yeah. we, we conceded three goals. Yeah. So yes, we were, and and Kevin knows. I knew the only one really Craig didn't want to take off Kev was Duke, <laughs> but the strikers never lasted ninety minutes because you had to work for them the front. Um, and nowadays it's called a high press. Mm. <laughs> we just yeah. worked. We just the strikers <laughs> just worked from the front, yeah. um, and you knew that. And yes, you got a couple of chances, but at the end of the day, 
we qualified and we won, won games. Yeah, you, you spoke about the defensive performance, but but Kev, for you uh, to score six goals in the course of that qualification campaign, 97-98, and I guess the highlight was were, must have been those two goals against Austria at Celtic Park. What a night that was. Oh, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, and, and Darren and I had the hardest job of the night as well because Austria played with Feisinger about 10 yards behind the two centre-halves who were man-marking yeah. us. So me and Darren had to run about even more uh, in that game and, and try and link up together. And I think fortunately for, for my first goal, uh, we did that, you know, and did, I yeah. Darren had scored. But I think uh, I was the only one chasing Darren, ready to celebrate. Everybody <laughs> else was breathing by that stage. And I just thought, go on, Darren, fill your boots. And unfortunately, like it kind of went. So, but luckily for me, when I followed up with it, it just came right to me. And so so when, you, when, you say that, when you say that you half qualified for another finals, does Darren get half of that goal then? <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 what you call it, par- that's what you call a partnership. You know what I mean? Yeah. The one misses, another one yeah. follows it up and scores. But that that's nowadays, and I don't mean nowadays, but strikers, that'll happen and one will just stand and watch where Kev's on his toes all the time. Kevin's saying, right, I might get. A, I hope Darren scores, but I might get a chance. And he did get the chance. He's up there waiting for a rebound and he got the rebound. What about your other one? That wasn't a tap-in, was that it? That wasn't a tap-in, no. <laughs> no, that, that wasn't happened. No, that's that's one. Of, the thing is, as well, like uh, you see it on the TV, but the TV cameras never got the best angle. Oh, uh, blame we TV. We we the wee video guy Brian. Yeah, Brian had the best angle. He was right at that post, right behind it, and Brian Henry. That made it look extra special when he showed me the video of it uh, that he had caught it, and it was bang on. You see how wide it was going. And then how it bent back into the area, like, and it was it was unreal. But it, you, to see it from his angle was phenomenal. But natural television angle was was good enough anyway. And it, <laughs> for me, it's, it's one of my one of my most favourite goals. But you can see when you look at it how deep the sweeper was, and we were all pressing out going with the centre halves. And I I thought I'm just standing still here. And Paul Lambert tried. I think he tried to a pass to somebody in the middle, and it just came to me. And I just swivelled and thought, I'm just hitting this. And fortunately for me, it flew in the top corner. But I was absolutely exhausted after that because I think I ran 15 yards to the corner flag and I was absolutely, my legs were shaking and everything. I was just knackered. Kevin, that must have been tremendous being able to score, as you say, one of your, your most favourite goals in front of fans. But how do you think the players are feeling just now having no fans, no reaction when they score or when they, they make a bad move? I think they're making the most of it just now, aren't they? When they score, they're actually celebrating because they realise it just run run in front of the television cameras now. But you know, it's, it's, I think it's weird. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody. We're all the thing is we're all professional, and if we think back to our early career when you play in a reserve game in front of one man and his dog, yeah. we've actually done it. So we kind of grew up in that environment. You got used to you got used to hearing the guy's voice that stood there and always berated you and things like. That. You hear it. But that was that, that was we Jim Kevin. <laughs> well, it was yeah. many occasions as well. Many occasions. The people forget that these guys learn a trade by playing in front of nobody. So it's not a big big difference. But when you're used to playing in front of crowds all the time, it's a different type of atmosphere. And I must admit, I think I would find it difficult to start with. But yeah. It's yeah. like it's horrible, and Darren will tell yeah. you playing in reserve matches. It's horrible the, the atmosphere when you went and played in the first team. Darren, did you, I, I did, 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 you, did, did you play, did, did you play in the reserves that much? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that one. <laughs> um, but no, listen. Everyone talks about the twelfth man, 
mm-hmm. and it's massive. It yeah. is, it's it's huge, and you you show it just shows you how much like the the England game when Griffiths scored, how much that first goal goes in, and it lifts everybody. It's incredible, and uh, even in in club games, um, you just see how much the the fans just someone makes a tackle or someone has a shot, and they just get right behind you, and you just get a wee surge, and that's missing, and it, it's very very hard for the players. I mean, yes, they've got to do it. They're, I wouldn't say they're probably used to it now, but they have to get well, used to yeah, it. Yeah, because I was going to make that point, Kevin. That 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 you know, it's it's not new anymore. Um, players have to be by this stage, having sampled it at club level, if if not international, that knowing about creating your own intensity in the game. Oh, definitely. I mean, we go out. I mean, we go out in front of thousands of people when you're playing and you don't really hear the crowd you just hear a drone it's a mental drone and, and that's the atmosphere and that changes all the time when you're listening when you get a free kick and you switch off for a little minute that's when you generally hear a crowd and you can tell the atmosphere isn't it? and that'll be when it's a little bit more difficult for the players when the, the when the, the ball goes out it's a dead ball situation and you start to think around and it's you get that eerie sort of feeling that you can actually hear Steve Clark shouting Whereas we couldn't hear Craig Brown and we just waved to Craig like <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, I don't know if you remember, but Craig always used to say at the start of the game, a shot and a tackle, it gets the crowd going. Mm. And it's true. Uh-huh. If someone goes in for a tackle, you can't tackle nowadays because it's a kind of non-contact. Yeah. But you used to be able to tackle and if you made a tackle or you had a shot, it does. It gets the crowd going and he used to say that before before every game. Was that in addition to saying keep your socks up? Because <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was pretty pernickety about all that as well, wasn't he? Everything. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and the thing is, we we going through it through the under twenty ones and things with him as well. He's kind of regimented into the way that he works, so we kind of knew how how it was all about. So you kind of it got into a force of habit. But you took it to your club as well. So whichever club you played at, you kind of take that back with you as well. I suppose. I mean, there are there are two sides to the crowd thing as well because there are times when the crowd are getting on your back or the crowd are just uh, frustrated. There's unrest if if you're if Scotland are playing badly. Um, you know, the, the atmosphere sometimes sometimes a lack of crowd can can be a positive. I think you've got to, you've got to handle that, Rob. That's yeah. that's partly football. You've got to handle the, the stick. And listen, I got <laughs> I got an awful lot. Do you know what I mean? But you've got to, you've got to handle that, and then. You get the, maybe try and get a positive that you do something and then they're behind you again. They're does maybe, it drive some players it on? Does, it does. It, it kind of drove me on because mm-hmm. as I said I used to get a, a stick quite quite a bit. So um, so it does drive you on to try and try and do the, the proper things and the, they might turn round and and they will. As I said, once you have an attack, they'll get behind you again because they want you to succeed like you want to succeed. They don't. They don't want failure. Um, they're only disappointed in what's happening. So you you have to try and I'm not saying make it a positive, but try and be big enough to take it mm-hmm. and 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 show not them let your head show, go down. not show them that you've you have got quality as a team and as an individual. Yeah, and they're dying for a trip abroad as well. They're By dying, way, listen, dying Rob, for a month, a month away in the summer. Listen, Rob, I'm dying. I'm dying for. I'm dying desperate to go with my son to go. Yeah. I, I was lucky enough, and Kevin, Kevin's three, which is incredible. Do you know what I mean? I was lucky three enough. And half, to go, three, three and a half. half sorry, Kevin. Sorry, I was. I was two, and it was amazing. And I'm desperate to go with my son mm-hmm. and my brother-in-law and my pals. It is a crying shame, it's, isn't it? It's brilliant. I mean, the fans we were talking about yesterday and the Scotland fans are just a credit. They must just be desperate to go. And I'm, I'm a Scotland fan now. Yeah. And you I, can't even watch it from the pub now, aren't you? 
six o'clock. You have to watch it from your home. <laughs> you have to watch there it. Is, for there is no, there is no good news. Is it going to be good news though, Kev? Tomorrow night. I mean, are you expecting it to be a, a painful watch? Because I think it's fair to say, even though we've taken four out of six in the the last couple of qualifiers, um, it's not been wonder viewing. Well, the, the good thing about it is we've we've seen Israel. Uh, we know what they're about, and we know that we can attack them and, and not really overly fear them if we sit back. Will fear them because, you know, I watched Sir Harvey playing in China and that, and he wasn't as good as what he was in the night against Scotland. So, I mean, that was a big surprise for for me the way that he put that performance in. But for me, you know, it's it's difficult nowadays. You, we can't turn around and say, well, Israel aren't a big big side anymore, a big country, big nation. We we should be beating them very easily. It's no. not like that anymore, unfortunately. Uh, I I think we should be able to handle them very very easily. But it would have been better having uh, the three lads or four or five of the lads that are injured as well in the squad, then not, uh, that's going to be the kind of interesting one. Who fills the boots for McKenna at the back, Tierney, you know what I mean? Who's comes in for Armstrong? It's, it depends on all those positions and hopefully uh, the right guys can go in and do the right job. Who's key for Scotland, do you think, Kev, tomorrow night? I think getting John McGinn back. I think John McGinn could get in there. I think he could be valuable in the midfield area. You know, he's having a good a good season again uh, at Villa. So for me, I mean, the wee man could be doing a job on that side of it. Uh, again, you look at the boy Dykes, that was a big surprise for me, bringing this big lad in. Mm-hmm. I was like, where did Steve Clark find him from? A you good know? player. He's a good player, Kev. I watched he's, him he's loads of times far. at um, Livingston. Very yeah. good. Not just big, mobile, quick. Uh, understands what... His position as a striker and who he's got to bring into play. Um, and as I said before, when the ball gets played up, if he doesn't win it, he puts his body there that the centre half's not going to get a clean clean header. Um, really, I mean, really Didn't good. Did you say Kev. blew you away? He did blow me. Yeah. He, he actually did when I when I first went to watch him because I wasn't expecting it. And this, I'm not being disrespectful. It come from Queen of the South, but having heard that. He set up a lot. He got Do- uh, Stephen Dobie. Sorry, Stephen Dobie's yeah. goals. He did really well for yeah. Stephen Dobie, and he learned a lot in that and, time. And he, he would well. have learned a yeah. lot, a lot of, of Stephen Dobie, and he took it on. And fair play to the boy. I mean, great attitude to work as well. I mean, he was working the back four, and um, he's got he's he's. In, player, well, yeah. in the space of two internationals, he's become a stick-on for that to, to lead the attack. I mean, whoever else plays, he's going to yeah, play, no doubt about it. To be it. fair, we're not blessed, really blessed just no. now. So it's not, but he deserves to play. Yeah. He's gone down to, he's gone down south and I think he's scored two goals in three games. For QPR, which yeah. Is, which yeah. is great. And uh, I've no doubt he'll score goals. Kev, prediction uh, for tomorrow night? I'm going to go for a 2-0 win for Scotland. Good lad. <laughs> Good to hear from you. And you, guys. Good yeah, cheers, you Kev. Know. Cheers, Kevin. Good talking to you. That's Kevin Gallagher, uh, former Scotland striker, three times a qualifier for major finals. I, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I, know. I, was, I, was trying, I was trying to delete it from myself there, but it's, it's going to be there forever now. Three and a half major... I have to explain major, that next time. I know, exactly. Uh, Rob, Rob. Kevin will never let that go. That'll be three and a half. Never. Yeah, three and three quarters. Wiki page. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't let it go either. No, exactly. It's the Go Radio Football Show. Uh, get in touch with us. What would you like to say? Give us your Scotland team for tomorrow night. If you fancy, uh, you can uh, talk to us on any subject you fancy. Old Firm a week on Saturday. Those uh, Europa League draws, and of course, twenty-four hours away from Hamden. Oh eight, oh eight, seventeen, seventeen, seven hundred. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go!
The Go Radio Football Show, Rob McLean, Ali Defoy, Darren Jackson in the studio. We've just heard from Kevin Gallagher about the big match tomorrow night. If you haven't heard already, Stuart Armstrong, Kieran Tierney and Ryan Christie will all miss the match tomorrow, that playoff semi-final against Israel after Armstrong tested positive for COVID-19. He was the only member of the squad to return a positive test, but Arsenal defender Tierney and Celtic player Christie have to self-isolate for 14 days from Tuesday, from yesterday, um, after from yeah yesterday Tuesday yeah, from <laughs> after being I was trying to remember what day it was so confusing, after being isn't it? identified as close contacts they'll also miss the nation's league ties with Slovakia and the Czech Republic and manager Stevie Clark also confirmed that defenders uh, Scott McKenna and Liam Palmer are injured and striker Ollie Burke as well they're all going to miss the match uh, because of injury um, and on the subject of uh, COVID and the testing um, Celtic Ali have issued a statement what have, uh, what have Celtic had to say today? Yeah so they've said um, clearly we're disappointed and frustrating to learn of today's news however over uh, our overriding concern is of course the health of our players and our staff it is of course disappointing that this has arisen during an international break but it's something which shows the many challenges clubs are currently facing Celtic's rigorous testing programme continues uh, and the biggest point I think we should probably say here is that the Celtic squad based at Lennox Town have all again returned negative test results today in addition all other players currently on international duty out with Odson as reported yesterday have reported negative tests so it's not coming from the hub of Celtic, I guess, is the, the main point of that. Yep, referring there to Odson Edward uh, testing positive on duty with the French under-21s. Uh, so it is chaos at the moment. Uh, Christie um, will be unavailable for the Old Firm match a week on Saturday. Tierney will miss Arsenal's visit to Man City. That's on the same day. In a statement, Arsenal said Tierney was socially distant at all times from Armstrong and had not breached any COVID-19 protocols. Um, the Premier League club said they were seeking further advice and clarification of the details. Uh, Tierney said, I'm so disappointed and frustrated to be in this situation. I've adhered to all regulations and I've also tested negative. Southampton midfielder Armstrong uh, tested negative when he arrived in the Scotland camp on Monday. However, a subsequent UEFA test came back positive, meaning he must self-isolate for 10 days from Tuesday. Uh, while this, uh, said Stevie Clark, well, this is obviously disappointing news, the most important thing is the health and safety of the individuals involved. And let's, In fact, let's hear from uh, Stevie Clark, Scotland manager, right now. Hopefully everyone involved comes through with no issues and the health of everybody is more important than, than any game of football. But now as a football manager, the national manager, I have to make sure that we get the team on the pitch right frame of mind and and ready to go for a positive result. As if the pressure of managing Scotland wasn't enough for Stevie Clark, he's got that ladled on top of him now. And, and of course, as you as you heard from some of the quotes uh, and the reactions there, all sorts of questions about testing. The challenge is always there. The, the, the challenge to take Scotland to a, a major tournament was always there. It's there in front of us and it's, it's down to us tomorrow night to make sure that we, we make the nation smile. Stevie Clark on a massive challenge for, for Scotland tomorrow night, despite everything. Um, and it's just about getting into getting into the right sort of headspace, isn't it, about tomorrow night and not letting the negative take over, Darren? Well, that's what we'll be doing in team meetings. It's happened now. We have to ha- we have to handle it. The players that are there are, are there on merit. They know, they know they're good enough. 
um, and he will. He'll, he'll, everything will just be positive. It won't. There'll, there'll not be any negative saying, "Oh, if this happened, or if he had been here, it would just be that out now." Let's get on with the squad we've got. I believe in you. Um, let's go and put a performance on. So, what about mindset for tomorrow night then? You have to understand that everybody's human, and when you get news like this and moments like this, it, it is going to affect them a little bit. But as I said earlier. We have to make sure that when they wake up tomorrow morning, it's focused only on the game. It becomes game day, match day, and they're all top professionals. They've all been involved in big games, and they know what they have to do to be ready to play. It does sound a bit beleaguered there, doesn't it? Not surprisingly. Yeah, it's it's a blow. I mean, he, he sits on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, hoping there's not going to be injuries. Now he's, he's had to put up with three injuries, but he named a 26-man squad, so he he, he knew that um, he was going to he, there would be a couple of injuries. I would think. To turn up and think, right, I've got this. And there's no doubt him and the coaching staff will have a team in their mind, Rob, mm. um, before this. And so they say, right, OK, then, we're there. We're there on... They met up Sunday night on Monday morning. This is the team. And then this happens. But, as he said, he's named a squad and that's why you've got a squad. He, he obviously believes in the players that he's got and they just have to go out and do the business now. What would you think? Two, two or three of those six would have started, would you reckon? Christy... Um, Tierney and uh, McKenna, McKenna yeah. without doubt I think the three I mean Christie's got to start I mean he scored two I know there were penalties mm. but he scored two and he's he's, he's flying just now and um, he's, he's done exceptionally well so I would think three would have played I, I know that all Stevie Clark's attention will be on tomorrow but would there be a chance do you think of um, Lee Griffiths getting a, a call up for the for the other two games Rob I'm probably the wrong person to answer there because I'm probably biased but you used to be his agent, didn't uh, you? Yes, and not not because not not because of that. No. Just because he, he he's a goal scorer. Yeah. Now, would that have been hard on others to have him in the squad? Would Lenny have probably wanted him in the squad? Probably not. But I think you have a league of us on the bench if you're struggling for the last 10, 15 minutes. And I'm not saying because of what happened at the weekend, he's done it through his career. Um, I think he he could have been in the squad, but I, as I say, maybe that he's had a conversation with Neil. And, and he said it's too early for him he's maybe putting too much pressure on he's, he's maybe not fit enough yet to go but I just think having a, a Lee Griffiths on the bench always gives you that confidence that you've got a goal in there Do you get that that he might not be be ready for this or on the other side of that coin might be being part of the Scotland squad be a really beneficial thing for him in all sorts of ways well, like, I think he would he would probably want to be there yes because there's a break now and he, I would imagine he'll still still be training Robbie's come out and said I have a conversation with him a few weeks ago he knows he's let himself down he's let the club down but he can only get he can only go on now and what he did on Sunday it's only the start That's that doesn't make everything okay because he scored the goal it, it's, it's a long way to go forward for him um, but um, he's always a threat Rob I mean mm. he's a goal scorer and, and as I said that you, may, you mentioned it earlier on the the, the goals against England at Hamden. That yeah. that just the minute you start talking about Lee Griffiths in Scotland, you think and, of and, those and, two explosive moments. Yeah. And and he's not scored as many for Scotland, obviously, as he has. But just even playing with Dykes, you know, him playing with Dykes, him playing off him and yeah. the knockdowns and all that. But and, and because he doesn't dress things up, he doesn't take a touch. He just gets a chance, and um, he has a finish whether he scores or not. But most of the time he does. So I probably would have. But again. I could be being biased, but I'm looking at it from the country's point of view, no from Lee's point of view, that I think he could have been on the bench. 
Yeah, and when you see what Lyndon Dykes did in his two internationals, I mean, he didn't have a lot of service. He didn't have a lot of support in those games. He held it up really well under great pressure at times. And you just imagine what a Griffiths buzzing around those areas uh, would have got out of that. Yes, but he's not there just now. So we have to, we have to talk about the player, probably the players that are there. And the McBurney, as I said, plays in a two. McGinn supporting um, McGregor supporting who have scored go- scored goals in the past, especially John. And, and John's a good one that I've actually got him playing off off the front because yeah. he can get up and support he's obviously scored a few goals in the last internationals but he's a midfield player so once you lose it he'll get back into back into a midfield player and make it make it hard for the opposition yeah we'll, we'll talk more about Scotland uh, in the in the second hour of the show I'm just interested in what you were saying there about Lee Griffiths though if he knows he's let himself down and he's let everybody down and uh, in the course of the the close season why does it keep why does it happen is that a, an, an unanswerable yeah, question? It is an unanswerable yeah. question because you think after last year, which he went through a hard time, he had got himself back and then obviously he, he came back overweight and, and he knows it's, un, it's unacceptable and, and obviously the manager came out and told him that. And um, I mean... And no one's more frustrated than him, I, I guess. Especially, especially this year, Rob. It's a massive year. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you, you, you want him but. I've heard from people that he's got himself back on track. His weight's very good. But again, he did his calf because he's probably pushing himself that much that he's got, there's, a, there's, there's, there's a chance you're going to injure yourself. And he did that. And um, But he's back now. I would I would think he'll get, like, normally when it's international break, the boys will get a, a few days off, a few days break. I would imagine he'll be in. He might get one day off or something, but he'll be in working on his, working on his fitness and um, and it's, I think it's only it's a good thing for Celtic but I think it's a good thing for Scotland as well And has the absence of Lee Griffiths been a big factor do you think in the performance of Odson Edouard in, the, in recent <laughs> weeks for Celtic? Yes I do I just think the way they play now um, <laughs> and I'm not saying I'm a tactician a master tactician um, but I just think when El Unissi plays with Edward El is a 10 who likes to get in that hole, and so does Edward. He likes to come off the game and be a 10, and there's no one in that middle there. Where Lee just used to play along the line, Edward used to go and get the ball, turn, and he'd play down the side of the centre-halves or play it off Lee. He just he, he likes someone to play. So I think the, the, the two players, and there's nothing Neil can do about it because Ajeti was, was injured as well, who would have probably played, played there. So... Um, Elionis is a, a good player, but I just think they're getting in each other's road. The Go Radio Football Show is becoming ever more popular with each passing day as a, as a podcast through 100,000 downloads now uh, and very much counting. But you can be part of it as a live radio show as well. It's Monday to Friday. It's five till seven. And we're with you for another hour. 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Yeah, so a dramatic day in the Scotland camp with uh, three players ruled out for tomorrow night's international. A massive match against Israel tomorrow night at Hamden. Uh, three players ruled out. COVID-related, one positive test and two self-isolating plus three injuries as well. So Stevie Clark is on a major rethink 
at the moment it's Rob McLean it's Ali Defoy and it's Darren Jackson a former Scotland striker a man who has qualified for a major finals the World Cup in 98 it seems like a long time ago probably because it was a long long time ago uh, get involved as usual in the following ways yep drop us a message on the socials at Go Football Show drop us a text 87474 put go at the start of your message or do what Ryan has just done and give us a call on 0808 17 17 700 he has indeed Hi, Ryan. How you doing, guys? All right? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? Good. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, well, I say not bad, that's a lie, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, are bad. I, What's troubling I, you? I, I don't understand in this, this day and age why we are sending people to go play international games. I get the point where there's a real game right that kind of has to be played, but same when you're at a time when you can barely go to the shops just now, like, why are we sending players to go mix with players for other teams, you know, in hotels and stuff like that? People who they've not been in a bubble with. You know, it started last night with Edward stuff. You know, is that way, is it France under-21s? Like, is yeah. it that important to go to France under-21s? For me, no. That's not a big a big game. You've got the, the Scotland one just now. Like, like I say, I understand the Israel game is the important one, but we're playing three games this week. Like, that doesn't need to happen just now, I don't think. So you're hurting at the fact that Elton Edouard is not going to be available for, for the old from game and, and Ryan Christie as well? Well, see, to be fair, <laughs> I was actually saying to this to my, my friends the other day, I wouldn't actually be starting Edward in the old firm game just because he's been off form just now. But, you know, that's kind of, it, it is beside the point at the minute. Um, you know, my, kind of, my main thing, and this goes, for, this goes for players of all teams. This isn't just even a Celtic thing. This is, you know, uh, Rangers general. players. I don't think, yeah, I don't think Rangers players should be going abroad. I don't think... You know, any other team, you know, Kieran Tierney's now out for Arsenal as well. Like, I just don't think you should be travelling, you know, across the world during a, a pandemic where you can, you know, I can't go on holiday just yeah. now. Well, I, I can if I want to, but it's, it's against the rules and I would need to quarantine when I come back, etc. Whereas we've got, you know, guys, I don't know how many players in the Celtic team, I think I counted maybe 15 are on international duty, they're all away abroad. But it, just, it doesn't make sense. So do we just pull the shutters then, then, Darren? Do we stop international football and, and European club football as well? Because that, that's what we're talking about here if we if we stop travelling inter-country. Listen, Ryan's got a point. Um, I don't think it's a, it's, a, it's a daft thing that he's coming out and saying that there's 15 players going to different countries uh, different cl- uh, countries, and mixing with them and they're not in their bubble and then they're all coming back and that. So, uh, Ryan, I do actually get your point, but there has to be international games. Unfortunately, there has to be international games. You can't, you can't just turn around and say unless, unless UEFA and FIFA just turn around and say, right, we're scrapping it, we're scrapping it for a year. Um, that's that's not going to happen because UEFA and FIFA need to keep going as well. So, but that uh, not been a, a more sensible thing to do though. You know, like it just if they need to sit back and look at it. You know, we've now got this. You know, I, I'm only looking from from here. I don't know if it's happened elsewhere, but you know, we've got Edward now. Testing positive, you've got Stuart Armstrong testing positive. Two players are now out for the Scotland team. Like, I, I get what you're, you're saying as well, Rob, about kind of European games. That's a little bit different because you're in the same bubble of people that you're with, kind of day in, day out, and you're travelling. And the only kind of interaction you've got with other players is on the park. And yeah, fine, that has to happen. But you know, the kind of hotels and stuff out with that, they can be kept separate. Whereas now you're sending all these players, you know, even I think it was Arsenal put a thing out on Instagram. Um, they've spoken to Tierney and he insisted that he. He stayed socially distanced from all, all his teammates. But, you know, how how true that is to an extent, I don't really know because, 
you know, he wouldn't have been told to, but why have you only picked two players to, to isolate from Stuart Armstrong? You know, he must have been close to him. Well, um, obviously, Lyon, when you look at it, it's, it's two ex-Celtic players. It, well, it's three ex-Celtic players together. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. probably been catching up. Obviously, Cairns in London now, yeah. Stewart's in Southampton, and Christ, Christian Armstrong were, were big pals. Big certainly pals. When they so were in so, Glasgow, so yeah. you can you can understand uh, how it's become the, the, the those three. Yeah. Um, but listen, you're right in what you're saying. I just think, and I'm I'm not a politician, Ryan, but <laughs> it's just hard to actually cancel. Um, international international football off the, the calendar. We've got to yeah. try and uh, th- there's just too many too many games to just say we're not playing them. Um, but you have got a point. We can't <laughs> the normal person just can't go abroad. We're not allowed to go on holiday now. You've got to come back. You've got to self isolate. So you do have a point, but I think it would be very hard to do that, Ryan. And do you think, Ryan, mm-hmm. that it's going to come to that? Do you, do you think that sooner or later we'll we'll have no choice in terms of international football? I mean, if you're asking me, like like I say, I, I wouldn't be having it just now. Um, I, personally, I don't think they've got a choice. They obviously are, are making a choice um, to to go ahead with the games. But I, I just I, I get what you're saying about you can't you can't postpone these games. But we're playing three games this week. You know, like the the Israel game, the kind of the big one, the main one out of three. Really, okay, you can make a case for that one because of how big it is for a tournament that's happening next year. But for the the other two. They, they don't need to happen, you know. They can be postponed. You know, Edward going to the France under twenty ones. That's not even that big. I know, right? but Ryan, if they postpone them, they're going to have to play them sometime. So further down the line, probably mm. February, you're, you're Mar- February, Mar- a problem. You're going to have to play. You're going to have to play three. That's why the three games are in there. Obviously, yeah. the, the Israel game's not meant to be meant to be in here. So that was meant to be a lot earlier. So that wouldn't have been there. But we have to play. We have to play that because it's the most important one just now. They're right. all they're all important, but so it would just be a build up. That's they're playing three because they, further down the line they want to, they don't want to be playing four and five. Ryan, yeah. are you thinking under twenty ones? You would try try and pause that, and if the main team have to play, then then that's that's a thought. Is that what you were thinking? I, I just I I just think if the games aren't overly important. I mean, let's look at the, the games that we've got. You know, the Scotland game is big. The France under twenty ones isn't big. You know that the, the Edward does not need to travel to that game. You know that I, I understand you get the exposure at playing under twenty one, just experience on like kind of international football. But in the grand scheme of things, that game's not important. So why would you risk somebody? You know he's been across here now. He's caught COVID. Whether he caught it here before he left or whether he's caught it when he got there, we we don't know. We probably won't know for definite when he's caught it. Um, but he'll he'll whether, think he'll think that's important, Ryan. He'll think yeah, he'll think France under twenty one because it's one step away from the senior French side. You know and yeah. Uh, that's, that's what I'm saying, you know, in terms of a, a stepping stone, it is, but I, I just think just now at this specific moment in time, you know, yeah. he's now sitting across there, he can't play because he's got COVID, you know, he'll be sitting going, why did I bother? Yeah. You know, Are you thinking uh, there might be a time where it's less kind of rife at the moment of, of COVID and if you left it a few months, then maybe it wouldn't be as big an issue and you, you would have to play more games closer together. But if there was more control of the virus, then it wouldn't be as, as big a deal. Potentially. You know, potentially. We're, we're sitting today, they've just brought in new rules in the, the central belt. We can't even go to the pub now for the next the next two weeks, starting on Friday. Well, you yeah. can so go, you just can't drink. <laughs> <laughs> after after 6pm. I'll, I'll be there. What's the point? <laughs> yeah. uh, Ryan, are you, uh, you're obviously a Celtic fan. Yeah. Yes. Now, 
I, as I said, I'm, I, I'm agreeing with you on on nearly everything. The one thing I won't agree with you is playing Edward in the Rangers game. Now, has he been off it? Yes, he's been off it. The transfer window's closed. Obviously, he's caught COVID, so it's totally different now. But the transfer window's closed. I think his head will be in a different place, and he's a big game player. I might, he, I he, might turn, he, turn, I he, turn, he turn, he turns up in the old firm games. Um, but then again, you're talking about cancelling the games and maybe playing them further down the line. Do you think that? And I'm just using Celtic and Rangers because you would imagine they're going to be there at the end. Do you think they'll mm-hmm. want four and five games in March and April when the leagues, the, 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 every league's so important? But this year, the league's massive. And do you think no, they want? Do you want? They think they want their players going away internationals and maybe playing three, four, four games um, I, in, a, in, a, in a March or an April. I think if you were to sit Neil Lennon down and say to him, you know, you've got a decision here, and Stephen Gerrard as well, the, the exact same. If you sat down and went, here, there's international games on, do you want our players to go? You have the choice. I guarantee, coming up for this game in, in two weeks' time, they would say no. No, they don't, no, have, they the they cho- they don't have the choice. No, and, 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 and that's, that's what I mean. So I, I think the nobody would be happy with the, kind of, the, the fixture backlog that you're getting, but... You know, if they're now talking about, well, I'm saying they're not talking about it. There's been the kind of the murmurs on Twitter of them cancelling the old firm game and putting on later in the year. And yeah, because, you know, if we get any more positive cases from the, the Celtic boys that are away or even Rangers guys that are away as well, you know, they might end up postponing it. But where are they going to fit in? You know, and, and that's the thing. Uh, international week as well, when we're, we've got a massive fixture backlog, Celtic and Rangers get European games. It's already you know, a nightmare. <laughs> Can I just uh, add, I, I don't actually think. You're going to be out with Edward because if you've got it, it's only ten days isolating. Whereas Christie's got fourteen because he's not got it, but he's in the bubble. So uh, my maths is not great, but if I count from yesterday when the test was, that means he's available from the seventeenth. Well, I think he was it not that he's got, he has to isolate for ten days in France, which basically takes him out of his isolation on the Friday, which is the day before. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I don't think he'll play. You know whether he's travelling back. Um, on that Friday morning, for example, I, I don't think they'll they'll chuck him into that game because he won't have trained with the team, you know, not been part of the kind of the, the build up for the game as well. Uh, he might be on the bench. They might throw him on the bench like they're done in the the, the cup. I, I think I think there's no doubt he'd be on the bench, Ryan. I yeah. still think Neil will go with him because I don't think he's going to lose a lot of fitness. He, mm, he no. probably can. I don't know if he's probably train on his own and, at and the other side and, of yes, the park. Yes. He'll be able to train on his own. I'm sure. Because he said he's sure that he feels absolutely fine. I'm sure fine. he'll have a schedule from the club that he has to think, do. So I don't think. Um, I think Edward will definitely have a Celtic strip on that day. I think I should maybe clarify what the point I made at the start about me me not playing him. I, I, I actually didn't mean I wouldn't play him in general. But I, <laughs> no, it's but okay. I, it's I, okay. We all backtrack. Nothing like a bit of clarification. We won't hold what you to it, Ryan. It's not going in the podcast. We'll cut it out. <laughs> No, what I meant was if he if he is going to miss the game, just you know, see if he was if he wasn't going to play. If you'd asked me a week ago, would I be scared? I I would have been terrified of him not playing that game. But now I think if Ayeti's back and he's kind of he was looking good before his injury, you know, Griffiths, you know, say what you want about him, he's came back and he, he scored at the weekend. The galvanizers at the weekend, uh, Kamala's looking good as well. I think we've got three decent options to to throw in. Obviously, Elginusi as well can can play up top. Um, so I wouldn't be as worried. Obviously, I would start, like you said, I would start Edward. 
I think yeah. I was a bit rash when I said that there. I think I was <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Ryan. Listen, you hit re- you hit reverse all you like. Um, <laughs> beep, 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 beep. And, we, and we should just clar- and we should just clarify that he is available f- for the old firm game. Um, My Ods- maths Ods- is right. Odson Odson Edouard. Um, and d- I don't know if you heard Darren before the news, Ryan, but but he was he was saying that um, you know he reckons that the the absence of Lee Griffiths has been a, a big factor um, in the maybe underwhelming form of late of, of Odson Edouard in terms of the, the 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 standards he obviously sets. Well, I made the I made the point. Me and my my friends started a, a podcast a few weeks ago, and we've been talking about this about the the kind of top two at Celtic. What's I it called, Edward, Ryan? Say that again, sorry. What's your podcast called? It's called Pod Sixty Seven. So Super. It's named after, named after the bar. We'll look out for it. <laughs> um, so I, we've been kind of talking about it the past the past couple of weeks um, about the, the strike force that we've got. Um, when Edwards playing alongside uh, El Yunusi, I, I feel like Edwards' game is somebody who drops back a little bit. So we we struggle to have a kind of focal point in the last few games. I reckon if he's playing with. Uh, uh, you know, Kamala, who plays off the kind of off the shoulder, Griffiths as well. You know, we know what he can do. It kind of brings a different dimension to the two up top for us. So I think I, I agree with that. I think if if Griffiths is back, you'll probably see Edward playing some of his best stuff again. Um, kind of now that he's Griffiths is back fighting fit. And also, as you said, Darren, the the fact that the window closes, and Neil Lennon said this the other day as well. He was, I mean, he was delighted in all sorts of ways that the that the window shut and there were there were no departures. That the biggest one of all would have been Edouard, and and the, you know his form has undoubtedly been affected by by all the talk that's been swirling around. Yes, well, I can ask Ryan this question that if. <laughs> Fans are greedy, Ryan. They want. He might, they he might, he might give you an answer and then backtrack <laughs> on it, though. <laughs> 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 your fr- you oh, shut your <laughs> shut your front door. <laughs> you leave so, no, Rob. but um, <laughs> like asking asking a fan that fans are greedy. They want players, sign players, sign players. But at the start of the window, if you had said that the only thing that's going to happen is we're going to keep Edward, I would. I'm sure you'd be happy with that. I would have bit your hand off for yeah. that, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. I think he's he's so important for us this season. You know, I, I did say at the start he has been off form. You know, he, that, there's no getting away from that. He has been off form, but I just think having a guy like that in our team, the fact that we have kept a hold of him is is massive for Celtic. It, it actually shows a bit of, a bit of intent as well for the board. You know, I, I don't doubt that people have been sniffing about Edward. I don't doubt that there's been kind of kind of murmurs of, of bids coming in but they've probably made their stance very clear you know he's not for sale they're not going to entertain any bids whatsoever so no that's I mean there was, all, there was always going to be signs I mean they needed to sign a goalkeeper obviously but there was always yeah. going to be signings but the Edward one was massive Yeah, um, it, was, it was huge for Celtic Do you feel as if that's been a good transfer window for, for Celtic Ryan? It's, do you know it has been it's been a, a great window but see getting lacks out on, on deadline day that was massive for me because I've been sitting watching the games the past few weeks um, and I try not to criticise Greg Taylor too much because I, I appreciate what he does. I appreciate Greg Taylor tries. I just I don't feel that he's got the level we need to, to play left-back for Celtic. And that's me probably wrongly comparing him to somebody like Tierney. You know, we were spoiled before with, with Kieran Tierney at left-back. Um, obviously, ball and goalie before he went in his holidays. Um, but... <laughs> I think, you know, from watching Greg Taylor the past few weeks, it, it just, it sounds really harsh when I say it. I just don't think he's got it. And, and looking up Lux out, and I, I'll never I'll never pretend that I've seen Lux out playing. You know, I've only seen the YouTube clips. I've looked at stats from him before. And, 
you know, how he's performed at different clubs. He looks like a decent player. You know, that stuff about the, the World Cup team of the tournament as well that yeah. he broke into. And you, and you, and you imagine with the, with the pedigree he's got, a Uruguayan international on loan from AC Milan, he's not coming to sit on the bench. Yeah, I mean, uh, Rob, listen, he's obviously he's played that World Cup, right? Mind you, not all players are good that go to World Cup. <laughs> so don't get carried away. With, don't, don't get carried away with that. <laughs> um, but he plays for AC Milan. You would imagine he would imagine he'll be a good player. See the one for me, and I'm not being funny. Yes, I think they did have to bring it. I think Greg Taylor's he's done okay, but they needed someone. See the biggest one for me was letting Johnny Hayes go. I thought Johnny Hayes was a, a, a very good Celtic player. Yeah. I th- uh, wherever you played him, and I thought playing that wing back. I thought it was ideal for Johnny Hayes. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. My my mate is a, a massive Johnny Hayes hater, and we used to say to him all the time, uh, "What <laughs> what do you hate about Johnny Hayes? Like he's he literally busts a gut every single game. He's up and down the wing, you know. And if I compare the two, you know, both of them try really hard. Johnny Hayes was far superior to Greg Taylor for me. Oh, well, John, Johnny Hayes, listen, if we're talking wing back, uh, right? Johnny Hayes is a winger, so his mm. his quality in forward areas is obviously going to be better than um, than Greg Taylor. Greg Taylor's Taylor. a left back. He's a left to back. A left yes, yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. So, um, so yes. So we can we can say about Johnny's quality going forward. But I just thought that the shift he gave you up and down that line was just incredible. Johnny's yeah. work rate was absolutely fantastic in his attitude. Ryan, good to hear from you. Thanks for getting in touch with the no show. Cheers, Ryan. Cheers, Ryan. Wishing you all the best. You can get in touch as well on 0808 17 17 700. The Bull Radio Football Show. That challenge for Scotland tomorrow night has just got a little bit tougher on the back of what has happened today. If you're still catching up with the news, Stuart Armstrong tested positive for COVID-19. He, uh, Kieran Tierney and uh, Ryan Christie are both self-isolating all out of that Scotland team for tomorrow night for the the playoff semi-final. Uh, Palmer McKenna and Burke injured. So uh, that uh, squad is now minus six in terms of what's available for uh, tomorrow night. Um, here's the manager Stevie Clark hopefully everyone involved comes through with no issues and the health of everybody is more important than than any game of football but now as a football manager the national manager I have to make sure that we get the team on the pitch right frame of mind and and ready to go for a positive result positive result unfortunately (laughs) positive test for for Stuart Armstrong and uh, obviously the 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 very fact about testing is very much under the microscope now with uh, with clubs involved uh, the likes of Tierney obviously an Arsenal player Arsenal will have their say uh, Ryan Christie of Celtic Stuart Armstrong of Southampton so what about the Scotland testing system we have the situation where we are we're all tested I mean I've, I've had three tests now in the last week we all get tested, we're as secure and safe as any club environment. On that basis, I, w- I would think that it wouldn't be such an issue for clubs. Covid is in the clubs now. You see the situation, Liverpool have got some positive tests down south. St Man have had this situation, Kilmarnock have got quite a major situation just now. So it's in club football, it's in international football. And it's just going to be, I think it's going to be the way that it's going to be for the next, hopefully not too too long, but for, certainly for the next few months, maybe maybe even up to a year. Yeah, and we got a four for game, of course, uh, called off late on last night in the, the League Cup. Dundee four for um, was uh, uh, kiboshed um, yeah. on, as a result of COVID. Uh, Darren, it's, it's such a, a confusing situation, isn't it? I mean, Stevie Clark there trying to get his head around the whole testing regime and, and all the clubs, of course, having their say uh, as well. 
Yeah, the clubs, <coughs> you can imagine what the clubs are saying, Rob, and they'll be angry, but I don't think there's any doubt that Scotland will be doing everything um, correct, everything they need to do, the protocols, they'll be doing everything that's spot on, and it's just unfortunate that um, Stuart's um, got COVID, um, had a positive test, but the, the sometimes, like, I think Edward's come out and no symptoms. No. So it's it's very it's very hard to actually unless unless a boy maybe it does get hit hard with it you think to yourself right get him away <laughs> he's not going near anybody um, so it's hard I know they all they'll all have separate rooms now um, and even even coming down like you know it's like you don't you're not allowed to shower now at a game you, yeah. the, the boys just come off the pitch. Obviously, the manager will have to say, get in their cars and go home. And yeah, I, listen, I was listening to John Robertson yeah. last night on the back of that Hearts Inverness game, yeah. t- talking about um, Inverness having a three-hour trip home yeah. on the bus and, and the players unable to have a shower, despite the fact that, that Tynecastle, being a really modernised stadium, I think has got four different sets of, of showers. Mm-hmm. So so the, the prospect of distancing uh, last night, presumably, was there, but uh, it ended up with those players soaking wet and stinking in their in the strips they've played and heading heading on the bus home. Yeah, they'll probably have a change to go into. Their, they'll put their tracksuits on, but it's not the same. You've you've sweated. Well, he's hoping that his players have worked very hard. That you are <laughs> going to be sweating. Um, and this is unfortunate. I know what Robbo's like, and I, I know what he came out with, and he's he's right to an extent. But again, <laughs> we're just trying to be probably ultra um, safe with everything and saying no, we're no wanting showers. We're no wanting any, any players going. Near, I don't mean near each other in the showers, but <laughs> watch where you go. Watch where you go with this. I know. Wait there, I'll dig that hole. <laughs> like Ryan was digging. He's <laughs> getting a backtrack now. Um, That's the good news. Has he got a collar? Have, have you got a reverse gear to engage? Yeah, I have, yes, I have. Um, so uh, it's a difficult situation. I get Robbo's point, but I think I think it's it's the least their worries just now. Okay, it is 0808 17 17 700, the phone call which connects you with us on the Go Radio Football Show. Laurie from Deniston joins us. Hi, Laurie. Hey, Rob, good evening. How are you? Uh, I'm doing fine. Good evening, uh, Dan. Good evening, Ali. Good evening, Laurie. Good evening, Laurie. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine, Ali. Here is a hypothetical question. Okay. Uh, As a Celtic fan, uh, of course, this is most relevant to myself, given this uh, most historical seasons. So the situation is, uh, and I'll make this comment and I would invite the panel's response. I, thus far, Celtic I have suffered two casualties as a result of COVID-19. I, or John Edward, I threw international duty I, with the French international squad. And of course, earlier today, Ryan Christie, as a result of his contact I, with a player I, on international duty with Scotland. Uh, now, here's the point. Uh, this is a critical season, of course. Uh, it remains to be seen how many other players may be affected. And indeed, I would add the caveat that a question just doesn't pertain uh, to Celtic. It applies generally. Uh, would the panel consider that Celtic, and Celtic incidentally issued a statement earlier today, that having uh, satisfied all criteria uh, for COVID-19 and coronavirus, none of their players is currently testing positive uh, for the virus. Here's the bottom line. Celtic play a critical game on the 17th of October. Would Celtic at this stage, in the panel's estimation, 
have legitimate grounds to ask for a postponement of the game against Rangers, given no. that no fault can be attributed <laughs> to Celtic Football Club uh, because of what's happened to two of the callers. Laurie, if St Mirren had three goalkeepers, um, now, yes, they're big players and it's a disaster what's happened, but there's a squad of 25 and we... It's I get, only I one get, that's out get, anyway. It's only Christie. There's only, there's only Christie. It's out. St Mirren had three goalkeepers. Now, if there's any time the game should be cancelled, that was the one. There's no way you well, can. Sorry, no, there's from you, but it's not just Christie. It's out. Orchard and Edward will have to isolate for fourteen. No, days. no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Only, it doesn't. Only ten because he's got it. It's fourteen if you don't. Sorry, Laurie. Okay. It's good news for you, <laughs> though. It's good news. So, <laughs> is that bright and Do you think Celtic would have legitimate grounds to answer a postponement? No. Well, well, as I've just said, the 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 SPFL wouldn't cancel the St Mirren game when they had three goalkeepers on the on the morning of the St Mirren game. The goalkeeping coach Jamie Langfield, Jamie yep. must be fought, is he forty? Yep. Yeah, yeah, he was playing. Well, he was, and then yeah, on the bench. No, no, he was actually playing in the morning until they signed. Until they got the until oh, they got, I get you. Yes, yep. until they got the, the the goalkeeper in. So when if you're not going to cancel it for three goalkeepers being out and not having a goalkeeper in your club, and you're six not, Kilmarnock players, six Kilmarnock players. Well, so so it's, it's very. I see where you're coming from, and I know we've we've had this with Ryan about players going away with their countries. I think the positive you look at is that you've got international players at your club. So it's a well, po- it's a positive as well. Yes, just now you're probably everyone's worried about them going away, and a couple of them have caught this and um, caught COVID. But it's a positive that you have international players at your club. Well, can, can I come back in there? Go for it. There's one fundamental difference. Uh, the point you raised, then, and that was that the problems associated with some money Kilmarnock, I the difficulties arose when those players. Uh, when we're looked after by the respective clubs uh, domestically. Celtic have no uh, input as to what's happening when those players have the chance to uh, perform international duties for France and Scotland, respectively. But they do, uh, Laurie, they didn't know if Edwards caught it here or in France. Or in, or in transport. Or in, in between. Tra- or, or in transport. So, um, listen, we all want our best players playing on the day, but I just... Um, I just think if if you can't cancel it for a team losing three goalkeepers, it's hard to cancel it for say Celtic. I, I, Is it, they've only got one player just now, Laurie. And the danger would be okay, creating well, listen, a creating uh, it. We agree you disagree, Dan, but thanks for taking my question. Okay, of thank, course. Thank, thanks for your call, Laurie. Cheers, All the best. Laurie. Cheers, bye. And, and the danger would be creating a precedent, wouldn't it? And that that's what that's what that's the what, football authorities don't want to do at the moment. That's what Jim said. Yeah, that's and that's what, what Alex Dyer said. as well yes, said. Uh huh. Yes. I mean, they, they've actually said they'll give the game up, they'll give the points up. And Jim said they've made a precedence now. They can't go back. Mm. And they have. And uh, listen, we all agree, disagree, we all have an opinion. And yes, for Laurie's point of view, I want every Celtic player to be fit for that game. But you can't cancel the game for one, one player just now being out. I guess the other thought is that there's, Celtic have got a big squad. Well, it's a twin. There's like, there's almost two players for every position. So you've got you, you, as, you've as got much a twin, as you want your yes, your favourite and your best players to play. There uh, is an of option, but that's to why have a, that's why you have a squad. You know what I mean? Ryan Christie could be injured, so you're having to play. You're, you have to play someone. You have to play a, a Rogic. Well, <laughs> or, or for example, an, an he, he plays on Thursday night, gets injured, and he yeah. would be out. Yes. Would you cancel the uh, old firm game because yeah. of that? Yeah. So uh, and it is 
it's unforeseen circumstances just now. I mean, it's things that we never thought we would ever no. in our lifetime no. ever think that it was going to happen. But um, And it could become a lottery. It could become the COVID lottery in a way. Who catches it? Who has to self-isolate? Who you've got left in your squad? But we're all going to bash on it seems and you know and try and get these games played because already the f- the fixture schedule is absolutely chaotic well, there's, ru- there's rumours going about Rob that they are going to cancel the, the old firm the, I heard, read the report today that they could cancel the old firm game I hope they don't because you're going to have to play that yeah. before you play the one at Ibrox yeah. do you know what I mean so it's yeah. going to be I mean it is going to be Saturday, Tuesday Saturday, Wednesday Saturday, Tuesday yeah. and, and then you're talking about players welfare that's where you need a big squad Mm-hmm. But we do know that uh, COVID has certainly caused chaos for Scotland injuries as well and what was already a mighty challenge uh, for the team tomorrow night has got uh, even uh, tougher here's the skipper Andy Robertson It's tough um, you know I suppose our responsibilities is now to look at the people that you know we have available for tomorrow and get our you know focus on the game that's you know we can't control unfortunately the um, you know three lads having it Okay, so we're focusing on the game, Dan. We're focusing on your lineup at the moment uh, for tomorrow night. <laughs> you were hoping uh, he'd forgot, weren't you? <laughs> You've got it in your wee black book there somewhere, haven't you? Here's that wee bit of paper. Um, listen, Rob, I was listening to Chris earlier and he was talking about um, that Stevie's been talking in the press about the back three and all that. Now, that could be a bluff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, I've, yeah. So I, I have heard others putting forward that that yes, that theory yes, as well. That uh, that's just been put out there to to throw Israel into thinking it's going to be a three, a three and actually yes. it's going to be a four it's tomorrow. What, night. It's like his ears are burning. Yeah. We just got a message from him. <laughs> He's all safe and well up the road. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay, then. Well, so I've actually gone with a three, um, and I've gone with Cooper. I'm going with Ryan Proches, and I'm going with McTominay. Now, I was a little bit critical, not critical, I was a bit surprised that he played there. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to have, I thought we were dominant in the first half against Israel. And I think we have to try and be dominant. And they'll look at the positives of the first half and look to see where we, we can build on that. And obviously the negatives of the second half that they came back into the game. And they are going to have parts of the game. Now, defensively, it's a centre half. But I still think... McTominay's a defensive midfield player mm. so he should have defensive things in his thoughts well he should so, and, but there, and, there were a few basics that, that yes, went there was, wrong, but there? playing centre half playing centre mid is totally different but on the positive side I want him to get on the ball and, dri- and driving out and that, that's where I think he might play him so I've got th- uh, that's my back three if, and if McKenna had been fit would McTominay have been in your back three? It, no he wouldn't no. Have, no, no he wouldn't have um, and then you've got O'Donnell and Robertson as the wing backs not Fraser on the right? No, I just think we have to be defensive. Like we have to, we have to be careful as well. You can't just go gung ho and just thought think we'll play Ryan Fraser there because he's no used. To, he's not played a lot of football. So he's uh, a last half hour man. Well, maybe he's not. He's played a couple of games for Newcastle, but he hadn't yeah. trained and he hadn't played for a long time before that. So to throw him in and ask him to play wing back at Hamden is is. A hard ask. Yeah. So I've got O'Donnell in there. Okay. And O'Donnell then and Robertson. And yeah. then I'm I'm probably I would have had Kenny McLean in my team, but I just think it would probably be too lopsided with left footers because McGregor's going to play, mm-hmm. McGinn's going to play, yeah, without doubt. So I've actually got Ryan Jack in there with McGregor. I've got McGinn in front, and I've got McBurney and Dykes up front. And Ryan Jack played in the last game against Israel. He does. He, he likes did. Ryan Jack. He, he's he's probably the one the, the defensive one that 
even gives a McGregor a chance to go and get forward knowing he's got that security. And Chris, so you're going against what Chris Oluma was saying right at the top of the show, that he, he thought he thought one up front, but you reckon two. Listen, we need to win it. Yeah. So, and, I, and as I've just said... And, you, we, and you're taking lots of, you're putting lots of caution into your lineup as well, aren't you? You're, you're thinking defence, you want to be well, strong defensively, way, listen, so, listen, so you want two strikers as well. The two midfield players play for Celtic and Rangers, they play in big games every single week, so they know what, it's ta- they, they know what it takes. And you've got John McGinn, who could possibly have been sold for 40 or 50 million in the summer, who's done, uh, been unbelievable for Scotland. And, and I just think Dykes having someone, having McGinn off him, having Burn- McBurney close to him, gives Dykes a chance. Because as a Scotland striker, you don't, get that many cha- you don't get that many chances. But if you've got a focal point, as we spoke about earlier about a Griffiths for Celtic, if you've got a focal point that you can bounce off and you've got people who are forward mind thinking, like a McBurney, like a McGregor, um, like a McGinn. Um, you've got a chance and as I said you've got great widths as well in the, 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 the wing backs especially Andy um, that are going to get quality into the box and, and get you need you need all the time you need three bodies in, in the box all the time It's Glasgow's own Go Radio the football show get involved 0808 17 17 700 The Go Radio football show yeah, it's definitely Wednesday and tomorrow night is definitely Thursday <laughs> and tomorrow is definitely Scotland. Oh, it's Israel, weeks blurring into one, I tell 24 you. hours away. If you want to, there's still time to uh, get your team to us if you think you can outdo Darren Jackson oh, and yeah. pick a better team, uh, then you're welcome to that depleted squad and make your selection for uh, tomorrow night. Massive match it is the playoff semi-finals. Let's hope we are thinking about whether it's going to be Norway or Serbia in the final. And at that point, we would be one step away uh, from a major finals. How good would that be? Is Scotland uh, going with confidence in terms of some of the players and some of the form they're showing of late? Because John McGinn, for instance, was part of that Aston Villa team that beat Liverpool 7-2 at the weekend. Obviously, I didn't expect to beat the world champions never mind uh, so convincingly so confidence is high in the, in the Villa camp and I can only try and use the confidence I have at the minute to help the country and hopefully I can do that We were just speaking about John McGinn a, a few minutes ago he's in prime form and he's bulked up hasn't he he's even stronger than he was before when he had that injury uh, and he's come back in wonderful form and, and playing for a really strong team Darren at the moment Yes I mean I've, I've always been a massive fan John McGinn, I think his desire um, and his his ability. I, I, I don't. I, anyone, I was surprised that there wasn't more people in for him higher higher up, Rob, because I always thought he he was a top player, and he's shown it now. He's shown it with Villa. He's, he's actually he's he's even last year he was taking games with the scruff in the neck. That's what he does. Um, just the the, the just the way he plays. He loves he loves contact. He's strong as he's strong as an ox, and he's adding goals. And his technique, like okay, it was a deflection, the goal, but yeah. it was his technique, and he scored a wonder goal. I don't know if it was, I think it was not last year, the season before, mm-hmm. at the other end, and it went in the top. It came off the bar. Yeah. What well, I mean, his technique that day as well. So people his work but, rate as well. Yes, I mean, as I said, in in the midfield for Aston Villa. In the Premiership, you need to be able to work hard. And there's one thing, John McGinn, John McGinn works hard, but added to his ability and his quality, um, 
he's a top player yeah they could be quite a team this season with Barkley and Grealish alongside him in that Villa midfield and what a shock result that was at the weekend seven goals for Villa against Liverpool six goals for Tottenham at Old Trafford it was some weekend of bizarre results uh, 0808 17 17 700 if you want to make a late bid for a place on the Go Radio Football Show Greg has done hi Greg how are you mate you alright yeah very well what would you like to say I just uh, first off, I'd like to say hello to Darren and Ali as well. So hi, Greg. Oh, hey, Greg. <laughs> we're good. We're good, good. Good to hear from you. Yeah, what it is is I'm obviously I was on a couple of weeks ago speaking to Barry inside. Obviously, I live down south, so I see a lot more of the, um, the English football than I do with the Scottish. But what you're just saying there about John McGinn, I watched the game on Sunday, and he was he was top level. He looked like he could have been in that Liverpool team. And what I what I thought, everyone goes on and on about how good Jack Grealish is, and you know he should he should start for England, but. You look at Jack Grealish's game at the start of this season, it's only this good because John McGinn is back. Now, if you take John McGinn out of that game, that team of Aston Villa is going to struggle again. But my question tonight is, with the Scotland national game coming up, everyone just thinks it's a, it's a foregone conclusion that we're just going to steamroll past Israel to get into mm, that final game. Rob, not sure, not Rob sure, doesn't. I'm, not sure about that. <laughs> I'm worried. Sick about it, Greg. I'm so worried. Like They're a good footballing team. And yeah. We've got a couple of people out, well, I've seen the news not so long ago, I think we've got a couple of people out now due to the virus, but yeah. this is this is a hard game, yeah. a very, very hard game. I'm, I think we're going to, and I think we're going to scrape it with a late goal. I well, think it's going to be... I'd say all for scraping two. it with a late goal, to be honest, at the moment. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll, take, yeah, I'll take a late goal, but I'm, yeah. what's your opinion on it? Do, do you think it's a hard one? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't think we're underplaying Israel at all. I mean, we 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 struggled to a one-all draw with them. You you mentioned earlier on Zahavi up front, Dabur as well. Two really good strikers yeah, with with, players, a, yeah. with terrific scoring form. So, I, 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 this is going to be tough. Rob, for Scotland. I don't think we underestimate anybody now no. because we're a no. good we're a good side, but we've not proven anything to be a great side yet. We've not qualified, so. Um, I I don't think there's any doubt. I think Stevie Clark. He'll be watching the positives of the first half and drumming into the boys. This is what we've got to keep doing. But he will watch the, the negatives of most of the second half that we have to brush up on and be better defensively um, as a team. And uh, as we spoke about earlier with Kevin, defending from, defending from the front and all that. So um, we know what we've got to do, Greg. There's no way I don't think there's any Scotland fan or any Scotland pundit or any Scotland player that thinks this is going to be an easy game. We know how hard it is, it's going to be, but do we have the players to get the result? Of course we do. Didn't Barry Ferguson say 3-0? He did. He was <laughs> He's maybe the only one. All right, yeah, okay. Confident for Barry Ferguson, he not? <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's drinking it, I don't know, different water does. Greg, organic wine. <laughs> Greg, what do you think about the no fans? How's that going to affect oh, the game? This is this is something that's been this is literally mind-boggling to me. Okay, because I'm reading the news every day, like you are. I'm listening to the radio. You've got fans going to games in Germany now. Now, when this all kicked off, you remember at the start with the coronavirus, it all stopped. Germany won the top league, the first top league to come back. They followed the protocol. We all followed what Germany did. Now Germany have got their fans in. They've got what ten percent or whatever it is of their stadium are back in. I watched the Dortmund game at the weekend. It brought a bit of life to them. You when you see Haaland banging a goal and you see you're hearing some fans screaming. Just imagine that tonight. You just even ten percent of a Scotland fan fans in that stadium tomorrow night. Imagine how much a lift that'll give their team. Brighton set up a standard down the road here, and they they did it in the summer. They did, they had two thousand fans in. They they made it all strict strict ways of getting to the game, testing when you were there. Now they've done that. What was the point in them doing that for them? The government to turn around and say, "Oh, 
they can't have football fans. And I think the government seem to think us football fans going to the football stadiums, we are the academic. <laughs> but you're allowed fans in other games around the world. You're allowed fans to go and watch tennis, this, that and the other. But, but football, oh no. No fans at the football. They are the epidemic. It's, there, it's unbelievable. There is, a, there is a lot of pressure building, isn't there? Uh, there, there are campaigns growing um, mm. to, to, to get the fans back in stadia going again. But it is difficult, isn't it, when you're working against uh, the, the, the background of horrendously rising figures? Of course it is. That's, that's, that's the thing, Rob. I mean, I think the football has been battered to an extent. And probably rightly so with the ball and goalies and all that, mm. stupidly doing things that they did. Yeah, you look at the England players as well. That was that's just what what you do. Well, you're going to a surprise party, and you're you're going going with the, the two two of your players, and you think there's only been, going to be another three people there. <laughs> it's a surprise party. It's your birthday, so hello. Surprise, you're wrong. <laughs> um, so yes, I, I saw Ian Maxwell saying, hopefully it's not going to be six months. I think we're trying to get them in, Rob. For for everybody, but for the smaller clubs financially, yeah. that's, that's, clubs, that's 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 why they that's why they, they they need in. But even even having like two, three, four, five, it, it makes such a difference. It makes the atmosphere such different. But you think you think politically at the moment, and if you say yes to fans going back into football clubs at the time when you're saying no in Scotland for the next two weeks to restaurants, oh well, it's uh, not going to happen, Rob. It's I mean, after today, it's not yeah, going to happen. Yeah. How because can you go to I the cinema though and watch the football? Because I can you do this, Greg? Because there's certain cinemas that are allowing people to go and watch football matches in the I cinema. Would, I can do that honestly. I can I can go to the cinema and watch football matches. It's just not the same. You no, like but the, the, the point it's is the, the point is going and sitting, traveling, going sitting, you're sitting in, indoors, in a, indoors in a out, cinema, uh, and you can't and you're sit arriving in together for a set yes, time I mean, and that, leaving together yeah, at a set time. I mean, that's it's not hundreds and hundreds as many as football game, but it just seems. Strange, but my understanding is that the Ross County game, 350 test fans or 400 fans that went in, that went all right. I mean, we've yeah. not really heard anything negative about no, no, they, those they, test they, events. There were tests at uh, Pataudry and then Dingwall, mm-hmm. and they both they both went really well. Um, but it's it's external factors to all of that yes. that have set things back, and it's one step forward and ten back at the moment, and it's, and it's pretty depressing. Greg, thanks. Uh, talking about depressing, let's hope it's not tomorrow. <laughs> let's hope it's not tomorrow night. Uh, but thank, thanks for your call. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers, thanks. Thank Cheers, you. Greg. All that, the best. Good to hear from you. Um, so Scotland-Israel tomorrow night. It will be extra time. It will be penalties if required. And Stevie Clark and his team have to be ready for that. If you're going into a game that might go to penalties at the end of the training sessions in that particular week, just let everybody take one penalty and see what happens. But taking one on a training pitch and taking one in a, in a stadium where there's a lot riding on that kick is, is a totally different experience. When you qualified, Darren, it was an absolute breeze. Can you imagine a penalty shootout tomorrow night? Rob, I can only imagine. The, the walk from the halfway line to the penalty spot is the, lo- the loneliest walk you could have. I mean, it's pressure. Um, but and a, an empty stadium as well. Yes, but listen, I would buy... It's, it is easy taking the, 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 the penalties at training um, to taking them in games, but we've got big game players who have taken them, taken them before with crowds... Um, so you take up, you go, you take your chance again. Penalty shootout. It's a flicky of a coin. Who, who's going to who's going to win? You can't actually say, oh, they've got they're, they're a better team. They'll score all their penalties. It doesn't work that way. I do like what I'm hearing from the the Scotland players, though, and you know they have to grasp the the magnitude of of the game tonight. And people like Kenny McLean certainly have. We knew how big this game was going to be, and it's always been in the back of our minds, even 
you know, previously playing other games. This has always been the one that everybody's looked at. We've never looked too far ahead of ourselves, but this has always been there for us for a long time now. Um, you know, everybody's looking forward to it. It's obviously a massive game for the country, and it's it's something we're all looking forward to. And it's it's come around now, so it's now's the time we need to go and perform. We heard from Andy Robertson earlier on. Here he is again talking about the empty Hamden Stadium tomorrow night. But he knows there's plenty support around. This is the game. We need all the lads to feel that the country's behind them, and I, and I believe we will. We know, you know, we can't have fifty thousand in there and making a noise and everything like that. But we can feel it from home, and we can feel the hopefully the positive energy going into Thursday because it's a huge game for us. So that game tomorrow night, uh, but football tonight before we go are worth a rundown of the League Cup ties which are just about to begin. Yes, plenty happening. 7.45, Hibernian, Brora Rangers, Brecon City, Dundee United, Kelty Hearts, St Johnston, Montrose, Ross County. I'm going to scarper to get to St Mirren, Partick Thistle and then Airdrionians, Alloa Athletic all tonight. And uh, lots of games played last night. Big win for Hearts. Uh, controversy surrounding it. Craig Gordon with an important save in that game as well. And a big shock, Darren, for Hamilton losing at Anna and having seeming, seemed to have that game under control, but it all went horribly wrong. Yeah, it'll be a huge disappointment for Chipper that last night. You want to get off to a good start. You want to get confidence, even though you, people might say it's only Anna, and you want to get confidence because where they are in the league. So that'll be a, that's a massive disappointment for them. Barry Ferguson is under pressure tonight, our regular Go Radio football show pundit, because it's Kelty against St Johnston. But when I say pressure on the Lowland League side, maybe pressure on St Johnston, uh, because that's maybe a fixture they could do without tonight, bearing in mind what's happening for them in this Premiership at the moment. Yes, but to be fair, fair Rob, the two games that I've actually watched them, I thought they, 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 they were better team against Hibs. They lost the last minute, the last minute penalty. And they played very well on Sunday. And yes, you can say, oh, they're 10 behind. The, 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 but when they got the ball, they did try to attack. So again, Callum will take confidence, but he will be worried about this because when you're not winning games, confidence is low and Barry will be using that in his favour. Talking of worry, make me feel good before you go about, to, <laughs> about, about tomorrow night. I am, I'm going to go 2-0, Rob. I am, I am confident. Because I thought the first half we played very well and Stevie Clark will be drumming that into them. There'll be no negatives. It doesn't matter who's out. They're out now. They're, they're not involved. The players that are there will be the ones that will go and get us a result. Thanks for your calls. Thanks for listening. If you've missed any of it, you can catch up on the podcast. The podcast which has gone through 100,000... What's the one I'm going for? Downloads, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, since, I put you off. Since we went on here in the last couple of months. We're back with you tomorrow night, five till seven. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go!